Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley, a beloved teacher of The Course, who has helped thousands learn how to express their beliefs from moment to moment in their everyday lives. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Hello. (laughs) So happy to be with you. And just before we say a blessing and a prayer here, I am going to let you know that we had all kinds of technical difficulties with the broadcast today and so this recording is not going out live and uh, I don't know solar flares maybe something uh, the internet here in Kauai was down just didn't come back for hours and hours and uh, we had trouble in the control room at Unity Village in Missouri so there you go I think maybe it was solar flares at any rate (laughs) We are connecting with the light in our heart and mind right now. I invite you to place your hand on your heart and join with me in this blessing as we bless ourselves and our divine dialogue. We are grateful and thankful to open our minds to the higher Holy Spirit self for divine purpose. We are declaring that we are one with the one, one with the I am presence, which is the I am presence of all beings everywhere. We're grateful and thankful right now to open our hearts and minds to a divine communication. We open ourselves to the full release of all belief in separation And we're allowing the Holy Spirit to be our teacher. We are the two or more who are gathered in the name and the nature of love for our healing, for our awakening, for our choosing the atonement for ourselves. The full release of any belief in separation, it falls away, it dissolves and resolves back to the nothingness from which it seems to have come. (laughs) We are grateful and thankful to claim our healing now. We share the benefits with everyone because we are one with them. In grace and gratitude we let it be. And so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. So our topic today is the service of the body. And really how the body is serving us in our spiritual awakening. In chapter 1 of the text, it talks about, uh, actually I'll give you specifics, section 7 of chapter 1. It's page 15. In paragraph 1, it says, All real pleasure comes from doing God's will. This is because not doing it is a denial of self. Now, A Course in Miracles teaches us that divine will is our will. So not doing God's will is not doing our will. It can seem like our will is a separate will from God's will, but that's the illusion of separation playing tricks with our mind. If it feels like our will is different than divine will, That's really an awareness of the ego on the level of will. So then in the next paragraph, it talks about the body. And it says, child of God, you were created to create 
the good, the beautiful, and the holy. This is what we were created for, to bring forth more expressions of love, of perfection, of wholeness, to create the good, the beautiful, and the holy. Do not forget this. The love of God, for a little while, must still be expressed through one body to another, because vision is still so dim. One of the things it talks about in A Course in Miracles is cultivating spiritual vision, which is able to see beyond any belief in error, to see the perfection and the wholeness, the good, the beautiful, and the holy in everything. So it says here, you can use your body best to develop Excuse me, you can use your body best to help you enlarge your perception so that you can achieve real vision, of which the physical eye is incapable. Learning to do this is the body's only true usefulness. So, this is where the teaching about the body in A Course in Miracles is I am not a body. And the body is useful in expressing through one body to another so that we can enlarge our perception and achieve real vision, divine vision. So the body is used for communication, communicating truths. Communicating truth. So this is what we're doing as Course in Miracles students is we're cultivating the awareness of the unity of all life so that our very, by our very life, by our very presence, we are a teacher of God. That's what a teacher of God is. Someone who has realized the unity of all life even just for one moment. And so as a teacher of God, then we're using the body to communicate our awareness of the oneness. Through speaking, through sharing. And one of the things I uh, came to realize that was so valuable to me is that no matter what we're doing, we're always teaching, always communicating, same as teaching, the value of our choices, the efficacy of our choices. So if we're choosing love, people are noticing the benefits of choosing love by watching us. If we're choosing fear and hatred, sadness, depression, discouragement, anger, resentment, regret, unforgiveness, holding a grudge, then we're teaching the negative benefits of that. So we're always communicating. And the body is in service to our spiritual awakening in so many ways. We're going we're gonna to get into this here. It's so valuable because a lot of times people just dislike their body. A lot of times people have nothing but complaints about their body. And some people really value the body for what it can do in terms of athletics or just being able to move us around in this world. What about really contemplating and holding this truth that the body is a form of communication, and if we're truly interested in only communicating love, that this is what we can use the body temple for. So, in chapter 7, section 5, paragraph 3, which is my page 120, it says, Healing is the one ability everyone can develop and must develop if he is to be healed. Healing is the Holy Spirit's form of communication in this world, and the only one he accepts.
He recognizes no other because he does not accept the ego's confusion of mind and body. Minds communicate, but they cannot hurt. The body, in the service of the ego, can hurt other bodies, but this cannot occur unless the body has already been confused with the mind. So in other words, if we're confused about our identity and we think we're a body, then we may use our body to hurt other people. So it goes on to say, this situation too can be used either for healing or for magic. But you must remember that magic always involves the belief that healing is harmful. This belief is its totally insane premise, and so it proceeds accordingly. So, uh, A Course in Miracles talks about medicine as being a belief in magic, using magic. All healing is at the level of the mind. It's not at the level of the body. So if we're using something in the physical world to heal the body, by definitions in A Course in Miracles, it's talking about um, magic when we use medicine. And uh, it says a little bit later, uh, healing only strengthens. Magic always tries to weaken. Healing perceives nothing in the healer that everyone else does not share with him. Magic always sees something special in the healer, which he believes he can offer as a gift to someone who does not have it. He may believe that the gift comes from God to him, but it's quite evident that he does not understand God if he thinks he has something others lack. So there's a description about if the healer feels that he has the ability to heal and others don't. Any true healer is going to recognize, really, that God is the only healer that there is. Sometimes I've had people ask me um, questions like, do you think it's fair to charge money for healing? And I said, well, that wouldn't even make sense because the only person I can heal is myself. By healing my mind. I can make a healing contribution in this world by healing my mind. And how I hold my body in my mind and someone else's body is going to have a healing effect. Now, Jesus, when he walked in the world, people had miraculous healings around him. Right? The woman with the issue of blood and you know, the man who was blind, who had his sight restored. He was blind from birth, etc. And when they said to Jesus, thank you for my healing, he would say, why thank me? Your faith made you whole. So you see, all healing is at the level of the mind. And the body can be in service to the healing of the mind in so many ways because all day long we have thoughts about our body. And as we have these thoughts about the body, we can see how they show up in the body. So one of the things that I have heard a number of people say in the last couple of weeks They've said things like, this happened in the world, and so I found it very difficult to keep my thoughts peaceful. So it could be, this happened in my body, this happened in my marriage, this happened in my finances, this happened in my workplace, and it made it very difficult for me to have peace in my mind. It's so important to understand that what happens in the world is a result of our thinking. We're here in this human experience. We have the ability to create more perfection, more beauty, more good, as I said earlier. And what many of us do is because of our thoughts, we're focused on thoughts of lack and limitation Thoughts of attack, regret, resentment, 
separation, and so our experience shows up as separation. Challenges in the finances, challenges in our relationships, challenges in our body are all about a belief in lack, limitation, and separation every time. Lack and limitation are forms of separation beliefs. So one of the best ways for us to work with these thoughts is to notice all day long how we're holding our body in our mind. What are the thoughts that we're saying? So for instance, I recently went through, um, I injured my back. By the way, I was sitting in meditation and I had uh, many days of sitting a lot in meditation and sitting in car rides to get to the retreat place and long plane rides because from Kauai to the east coast of the United States, 12-hour plane ride. So all of this sitting, uh, I tweaked my back. And, you know, you just pinch a nerve a little bit and it can be incredibly painful. So I, uh, and also not, I, during that time I wasn't exercising enough, I wasn't stretching enough. So, yeah, I learned something. And I learned so much from my body because when I first had the injury for about two weeks, I had uh, a lot of what I would describe as excruciating pain. So that pain became my teacher because I really got to work with it every day. Am I seeing myself as a body? Am I identified with the body? And I noticed that I could put my attention on the pain and think thoughts like, this is horrible, this is unbearable, I can't stand this. I could use I am statements like, I'm in so much pain. I'm really suffering here, etc., etc. Or I could use I am statements like, I am the peace of God. I am the purity of love. I am the wholeness of God. I am the freedom of God. I am the joy of God. I am that I am. I am is the only intelligence operating in this mind and in this body. Therefore, any appearance of disturbance is instantly corrected by the I am presence. So I noticed that as I worked with my mind, the pain would seem to come and go. I noticed that I could put my attention on the excruciating pain or I could place my attention on another part of my body that was incomplete, ease, grace, joy, peace, harmony. I could shift my awareness and we can do that. We can shift our awareness the way that a telescope shifts from looking at one thing to another, or binoculars. So I can sit in my uh, room here where I'm looking out at the beautiful um, sleeping giant mountain and the ocean here in Kauai, and I can put my attention on something right in front of me, my Course in Miracles book in my lap, or I can look at the horizon and see the ocean. And I can put my attention on what's across that ocean. We have the ability to focus our mind. We have so much ability to focus our mind. And we've, we've gotten really lazy. And the body will help us to pay attention to where our mind goes. It is a great act of service. Yes, it is. Well, it's time for me to take a break. And as I'm going into the break, let me just mention something here. Uh, if you are interested in starting a Course in Miracles study group, we have study group support for you 
at livingacourseofmiracles.com, livingacourseofmiracles.com. So the Power of Love Ministry, which you can read about at powerofloveministry.net, it supports everything at jenniferhadley.com, and it supports this radio show. It supports everything at livingacourseofmiracles.com, including free study group support. So at livingacourseofmiracles.com, There are a number of recordings there about how to start, run, and facilitate, organize a study group. If you have any interest in doing that, I encourage you to go and get those free downloads, listen to those calls. They're really going to help you in taking that step of being willing to start a study group. It's such a beautiful thing, and and we're really hoping that more and more people will take the plunge and start a study group. And then you can list it on our study group calendar. We'd love to have you do that. You can even just list your intention to start a study group on our study group calendar. Yes, indeed. I'm Jennifer Hadley. You're listening to A Course of Miracles on Unity Online Radio, where we're a walk in the talk, we're living the love, and we'll be right back. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace through practical application as we return to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Welcome back. I'm Jennifer Hadley. You're listening to A Course in Miracles on Unity Online Radio, and we're talking about the service of the body. So the body helps us to understand (laughs) what we're projecting, what we're holding in our mind. And uh, in Chapter 8, Section 7, which is entitled, The Body as a Means of Communication, this is my page 151, one of the things it says right off the in the first paragraph here is, when you equate yourself with a body, you will always experience depression. When a child of God thinks of himself as a body, he's belittling himself and seeing his brothers as similarly belittled. Since he can only find himself in them, he has cut himself off from salvation. So if we're seeing ourselves and our brothers as a body, we're cutting ourselves off from salvation and wouldn't that be depressing. So if you're feeling depressed, because many people uh, are challenged with depression, and depression often accompanies illness, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. So seeing ourselves as a body is the cause of depression. Seeing ourselves as limited is a cause of depression. So what is the obvious antidote? I am not a body. I am spirit. And I am free. Now, sometimes it's impossible for us to see that about ourselves. For instance, we have people in our human experience like Christopher Reeve. Paralyzed from the neck down. And what did he demonstrate? Of course, he had a lot of help, but what did he demonstrate? That he could still live a full life because he was not a body. Yes. We're not a body. But we can think that we're a body. And if we do, we're going to think that we're limited. And so, yeah, of course, that's completely depressing because that's not what we're really here to have the experience of. We're here to have an experience of unlimited perfection. We are here to create as our creator creates, creating expressions of divine good and perfection as a child of God, 
as we started off this episode of the radio show. So, I am not a body. I am not a body. So what I, am I? I am the light. I am the light. So when we're feeling the density of the body, the antidote is to recognize that's not what we are. We are the light. And I find it so helpful to remember that you cannot get anything to adhere to light. So in our mind, we entertain these beliefs that we're bad, that we're wrong, that we're unworthy, that we deserve to be punished, and we hold those same beliefs about other people. Perception and projection, perception and projection. This keeps going around and around and around. So our brother and our perception of our brothers and sisters in this world can help us heal. So like I just read here on page 151, chapter 8, section 7, the body as a means of communication. When a child of God thinks of himself as a body... He's belittling himself. And if you belittle yourself, you're going to see your brothers and sisters that way. So if you see yourself as unworthy, you're going to see others as unworthy. If you see others as unworthy, you're going to see yourself as unworthy. It just keeps going back on itself. So the way to interrupt that pattern, sometimes the easiest way is to see the perfection in others. And it's particularly easy to see the perfection and the wholeness and the beauty and the radiance and the luminosity, the natural light in a child. Sometimes you may know someone in your life who's very radiant, light-filled, loving, kind, generous, clear of mind. And it's easier to see them as a vision of Christ than to see yourself But nevertheless, we are all the vision of Christ because the Christ is the child of God. The Christ is the Son of God. And this is what we are. This is what we are. So, in this same section, paragraph 2, it says, Remember that the Holy Spirit interprets the body only as a means of communication being the communication link between God and his separated sons, the Holy Spirit interprets everything you have made in the light of what he is. The ego separates through the body, and the Holy Spirit reaches through the body to others. You do not perceive your brothers as the Holy Spirit does, because you do not regard bodies solely as a means of joining minds and uniting them with yours and mind. This interpretation of the body will change your mind entirely about its value. Of itself, you have none. So the body can be in service to our awakening. When uh, we are thinking thoughts of fear, lack, and limitation... The first thing that's going to happen is our mind will become disturbed. Because our mind is the mind of God. And if we start holding in our awareness thoughts that aren't true, our mind becomes disturbed, agitated, irritated. And if we continue to hold those thoughts and energize them with our attention. Shine the light of our awareness into those thoughts that aren't true. If we continue to allow that to happen without choosing to offer the thoughts to the Holy Spirit for healing, to surrender them, to place them on the altar of love, what happens next? We become emotionally upset. So first the mind becomes irritated, and then the emotional body becomes irritated. And if we don't interrupt the pattern at the mind, it has to go into our emotional body. Many people 
do not wish to feel their feelings. And the physical body helps us to feel our feelings. It does. It helps us to recognize when those emotions are upset. I'm never upset for the reason I think. I'm always upset because the meaning I made of something, the interpretation I've made of something is incorrect and false. And I'm clinging to it rather than giving it to the Holy Spirit for healing. So it's natural in our human experience that things are going to come up for healing. One of the most powerful healing that I had in my mind was to realize that when I felt like my buttons were being pushed, when I felt like I was emotionally, mentally, physically triggered, irritated, frustrated, upset, right then I could go into gratitude and say, good, my stuff is up for healing. It's not unconscious anymore. It's in my awareness. Now I can choose again. And I choose the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to give the Holy Spirit the heavy lifting. Whatever the thought is that's causing this irritation, this frustration, upset, I give it to the Holy Spirit for healing. Whatever the thought is, known or unknown, recognized or unrecognized, I'm giving it to the Holy Spirit for healing. Healing it back to the root cause so I never energize it again. And if there's anything I need to look at to consciously evaluate in order to let it go and truly choose again, then show it to me, Holy Spirit. Make it plain, higher self. And then I might find throughout my day, oh, something might come in my awareness, a memory, something from the past. Something unresolved, some old resentment, some old regret, some old doubt, shame, or blame, some guilt, some jealousy. And instead of pushing it away back into the recesses of the mind, instead I learned, oh, pull it forward. Don't be afraid of it. If you push it back into the darkness, then you're saying it's too too frightening to look at. What is too frightening to look at? Nothing if I'm looking with the Holy Spirit. If I'm looking with the Holy Spirit, I will not afraid. be afraid. Be not afraid. Right? Be not afraid. That's what Jesus said. Be not afraid. If I'm looking with the Holy Spirit, there's nothing for me to fear. Because then I'm in a modality of healing, healing my mind about it. Let me know what's true. So, first the mind becomes agitated. It's like a splinter in the mind when we're thinking a thought that's not true. If we don't release it to the Holy Spirit, when the mind is agitated, it travels into our emotional body. Sometimes when we're emotionally upset we don't even know what it is my mother did not have great emotional awareness she could tell when she was upset but she often did not know why and if I asked her why she was irritated or upset the very fact that I asked her was a confrontation and since she didn't know why a lot of the time she didn't know why She didn't know what the thoughts were that she was thinking. She didn't have that awareness easily. Then it was a confrontation for me to ask her, why are you upset? And she didn't appreciate it. Because then she felt stupid and bad and wrong. Inept. It took me a long time to figure out what was going on with my mom. And a lot of people in relationship, men and women, think that their partner is just like them. And so they think, 
uh, I have great emotional depth and understanding. I have cultivated this understanding of my emotions. And so my partner knows what they're feeling, just like I know what I'm feeling. My partner can talk about their feelings, just like I can talk about my feelings. And I meet a lot of spiritual students who think that their partner is withholding from them when they don't want to talk about their feelings, don't want to talk about their thinking. But what my mother taught me is she didn't have that natural skill set like I did. You know, some people, my mother is one of the smartest people I've ever known in my life, but that was not an ability that she had to talk about her feelings and emotions. And it wasn't something she could really learn how to do. She could learn to do better, but it's a genius. It's part of my genius. My mother's genius was for other things, not for her emotions. Some people have uh, incredible artistic ability, but they may not be able to talk about their feelings. Some people have fantastic uh, musical or mathematical ability, but they may not be brilliant at talking about their feelings. We all are geniuses, but not necessarily in exactly the same things. So it's actually unkind and unfair to expect someone to be able to match you in your genius. If your genius is about your feelings. So, going back to what I call the divine alarm clock. First, you have a splinter in your mind. The thought creates agitation in your mind. If you don't heal it at the level of the mind, then you, you do it at the level of the body. In the uh, emotional realm first, and then the physical realm. Because what upsets you emotionally will begin to agitate you on a physical level. And I know I say this a lot, but uh, I notice that um, we get it when we get it. And it's always worth saying because this is one of the ways that the body is of service to us. And if we can be grateful, grateful, grateful that we can recognize, I am feeling upset. And whatever the root cause is, known or unknown, recognized or unrecognized, and even felt or not felt, I'm giving it all to the Holy Spirit. I'm willing to have a healing now in all directions of time and space and to clear these beliefs and these thoughts forever from my mind. Holy Spirit, take it from me. I am the light and nothing can stick to me. <laughs> I am as holy as holy can be now and forever. And I'm willing to see that now and forever. Not just in myself, but in my brothers and sisters as well. So that our healing in the moment becomes something that we share the benefits of with everyone. And you see, then we're communicating this. We're communicating it with our continents. We're, uh, our countenance. We're uh, communicating it with our vibration. We're communicating it with the way that we walk and the sound of our voice. So that we're only communicating love. And the body then becomes that way of communicating love. Yes, so beautiful. The ways that the body can be of service to us in recognizing when our mind is holding on to something that we're hurting ourselves with. Yes. Well, I'm Jennifer Hadley. It's time for me to take a short break. You're listening to A Course in Miracles on Unity Online Radio where we are truly dedicating ourselves to live in the love and walk in the talk. And I'll be right back.
When we say we are entitled to miracles, we are saying that we are entitled to love. We are entitled to have peace of mind and live a peaceful existence. Many times, though, we do not experience our lives this way. We seem to struggle for just one glimmer of happiness, no matter how fleeting it may be. You can change that, right here and right now. Say to yourself, I am entitled to miracles, because it means that you are entitled to complete peace of mind because of who you are, as created by the source of love. By asking for miracles, you are asking for your true self to be revealed to you. You are indeed entitled to miracles. This message was brought to you by Rev. Deb Phelps, host of Entitled to Miracles. Learn more from Rev. Deb on her Entitled to Miracles podcast. Episodes available on unityonlineradio.org and on iTunes. You've been listening to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. If you have a question or comment about today's program, or if you'd like to join in the discussion, visit us on Facebook at A Course in Miracles Pledge, where you can join with the community of like-minded people who have pledged to live A Course in Miracles every day in every way. Now, back to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Welcome back. I'm Jennifer Hadley. Thank you for joining with me. I'm going to mention a couple of things that people have been asking me about. And so one of them is that people have been saying that they're interested in doing my spiritual counseling training. Uh, Right now, I think that I will be offering that again in uh, March of 2016. And so if you're interested in doing my spiritual counseling training intensive, you can do that on its own. And you can also be trained as a spiritual counselor certified by me. There are several things that you would need to complete in order to receive that certification. And one of them is to take my Finding Freedom Spiritual Boot Camp class. And then the other thing is to take my Masterful Living class, my year-long class. So if you're interested in doing the spiritual counseling training with me next year, you could, if you like, start the Finding Freedom Boot Camp now, start my year-long Masterful Living class in January. Seem to be getting a lot of questions about that, so I thought I'd just put that out there. And then the other thing that came up um, recently is... Uh, People have asked me, would I ever be interested in walking the Camino? And uh, I have some friends who are getting ready to walk the Camino for the second time. And so I have thought about this over the years, and I have been interested in it. And I'm considering doing it in 2016. So that would be September 2016. Uh, There is a movie you might be familiar with called The Way uh, with Martin Sheen. And uh, I've seen that movie. I know Shirley MacLaine wrote a book about her experience of walking the Camino. And somebody else, I can't think of their name right now, also has written a book that recently came out. One of the Hay House authors about her walk on the Camino. I haven't read anybody's books about the Camino, so it's just following my own guidance and feelings about it. Again, it's about a 40-day or so trip, and uh, you do have to train for it, most people. There are different ways to do it. You can walk the whole thing, or you can find different ways, modes of transportation, and so... uh, Right now, I'm just holding the space for that possibility, so if it interests you, uh, I probably will put something on my website so that if you were interested, you could just let me know, and then when I have more information as it unfolds, I can let you know. So just 
putting that out there, these are some questions that uh, I get on a regular basis. It helps me to address them in the radio show. More people are listening to the radio show. And if you have a topic that you'd like me to address in the radio show, you can always email me, jennifer at jenniferhadley.com. And... You know, one of the biggest splinters that we get in our mind, going back to our topic today, the service of the body, uh, is unforgiveness. And so unforgiveness, resentment, regret, blame, shame, guilt, they're all part of that unforgiveness uh, stew. Uh, It's one of the biggest challenges that we have, and forgiveness really is... Our purpose is to forgive everything in all directions of time and space. And we get a lot of practice of it. And true forgiveness really is recognizing that we're not really here. I am not a body. And so if you'd like my help with forgiveness, remember I have a free forgiveness workshop on the homepage at jenniferhadley.com and I believe that you can also find that through links at the livingacourseofmiracles.com website. It's called How to Get Over It. So if you or anyone you know is struggling with forgiveness, please share the How to Get Over It free workshop with them. It's an audio workshop. You get the transcript, there's video, different components, things for you to actually do. And so many people have written to tell me it was deeply transformative for them. So please enjoy that while it's possible. Now, you know, basically the mind, we put the mind in service to the Holy Spirit. This is how we heal the body. Put the mind in service to the body. I mean, to the Holy Spirit. And then the body's going to follow where the mind goes. It doesn't have a choice. So, if we believe in separation, we're going to experience birth and death. If we believe in separation, we're going to experience birth and death. When we're no longer believing in separation, we don't have to experience birth and death. We can awaken to our Christed nature and live as that. Yes, how powerful is the mind that we can transcend birth and death with the mind. In fact, it's the only way to do it. I'm going to give you something to think about during this week. And in terms of the body temple and transformation, Love is the healer because love is what our true nature and our true identity is. We're healing any belief in unworthiness. The belief in unworthiness comes from not forgiving ourselves. So this is how forgiveness liberates us from a sense of unworthiness. True forgiveness is love. Love holds no grievances. So when we practice being loving, we, we're eliminating grievances. So I'm inviting you to start making a list of ways to express love and to reveal love, starting with your mind and also including the body. So you can make a list of, I love myself enough to what? Fill in the blank. I love myself enough to what? Look at the ways you're already loving and honoring and respecting yourself and your body. And look at how you can transform the unloving behavior towards your body or the thoughts, the unloving thoughts in your mind. So... Remember, bringing the light of your awareness, your attention, is a demonstration of your willingness, and your willingness is all that's required. So that's the invitation to really begin to practice on a practical level. 
I love myself enough to get plenty of sleep. I love myself enough to eat fresh food. For me personally, (laughs) my body temple just really doesn't like to eat much raw food. And interestingly enough, here in Kauai where we've had so much humidity because of all the El Nino storms, the hurricanes that have been going on around the Hawaiian Islands below and above the Hawaiian Islands, uh, we've, we've been subject to excessive humidity and uh, more rain. And where I live here in Kauai now is uh, right, uh, right at the base of Mount Waialiali, which literally is the wettest spot on earth. It kind of trades with a, a, a place in India for that distinction um, back and forth. But uh, it, at the top of Mount Waialiali, it's almost always in cloud cover, almost always raining. So I'm very, I'm just a few miles from there. And so there's a lot of dampness here. And my body does not like the dampness at all. And so I have to eat all cooked food. I can't eat raw food because it just increases the dampness in my body. So uh, can I transcend that with the mind? Absolutely. And I'm working on that. And in the meantime, I love myself enough to eat cooked food and to avoid the foods that would increase the dampness. So one of the things that's true for us is that we often crave, the ego will put a craving into our mind for the very things that make us ill, right? So the foods, the behaviors that make us hate ourselves or make us feel ill, this is what the ego craves. I love myself enough to take good care of myself. So let's take this into prayer right now. I am grateful and thankful for the love of God revealing itself in my heart, in my mind, in my awareness. I am grateful and thankful to partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self to know the truth that sets me free. I am grateful to love and honor the body temple so that my mind is focused on God. Yes, I focus on God and I naturally love the body temple. Yes, in grace and gratitude, I am not a body, I am spirit free, sharing the benefits with everyone. And so it is. Amen, amen, amen. Have a great rest of your week. I love you. God bless you.